Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Right, guys, make sure you follow the show on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast, Twitter, Case Watch Pod. You want to follow us individually on Instagram. I am at not Mark B. Charity is charity underscore Case Watch. Charity, you have become a social butterfly. I have. You are nuts on there. I see every day it pops up. Charity underscore Case Watch is posted a picture, added to her story. Charity's got more friends. Guys, Charity is beating me on friends. I need you guys to go ahead and friend me on Instagram. You got to follow my page. I want to beat her by the end of next week. I need more friends in charity. Guys, team charity. Team Mark for the win, baby. Team charity. Come on, do it. All right, let's have a competition. Team Mark versus charity. Okay, who do you think will win? Who are you going to support? Oh, you want to support both of us. They can support both of us. We don't have to have a a competition, I guess. But I want to win. I want to win. All right, (laughs) Uh, another episode that we get to host. Okay, I like that. All right, text and voicemail line 603-212-4600. Can't say this enough. We love to hear from you. So go ahead and give us a voicemail so we can play it on the show. Email info at casewatchpodcast.com. And I have been alerted, Charity, that I get to hit my favorite button in the whole wide world. This is an alert, guys. You guys ready? My finger is activated. We have a submission for Case Watch Court. Guys, Case Watch Court is now in session. I just got overexcited. He did the hand, the finger thing where he hit it. Like he had so much power. I did. So this came in from one of our listeners and his name is Christopher. Hi, Christopher. 
Apparently, Christopher works uh, in the school system. Okay. And I saw this come in, and as soon as I saw it was Case Watch Court, I did not read any further on this. This is what was said happened. So one of the staff members, faculty members, I should say, is disabled and walks with a cane, I guess. One of the principals was walking behind this faculty member and decided to say out loud, run, forest, run. Oh, boy. Yeah. So apparently there was another faculty member that heard this and the woman herself heard this and was very upset by it. As they should be. What do you think should happen? Ugh. Um, me, it's totally inappropriate. And this guy you said was principals, right? One of the principals. And like, let me also say that this is an elementary school. Okay. So if the faculty members heard it, chances are there were some children around that might've heard it. Irregardless. Irregardless oh, of that or not, even taking that out of the subject, these are supposed to be people who we hold to a higher standard than ourselves. So let's not forget that. So you got to take that into equation as well. I would like to know what this guy said after the fact. Was he confronted? Did he apologize for it? There needs to be some sort of time spent out of school. That's for sure. Well, apparently there's a lot of talk within the other faculty members. Some people think he needs a second chance. Some people think he should be fired. I am, uh, boy, I don't know what to say on this one. I don't either. It's 1,000% inappropriate. And Very. always, there's no excuse to be made for this at all. No, not one bit. Let me say this. Mark and I, I can tell you right off the bat, we quote with each other from movies all the time. But it is done in a funny manner. I would never joke like that when somebody had an actual issue. Or somebody that you're not on that level with. That's the other thing also. It, it's not only inappropriate to say, but inappropriate because you are the principal. This is not your friend. You're not at a party. This is supposed to be your superior. You don't have that rapport with that person to be able to joke like that. I agree with you. And I don't blame her for being offended. That's that's horrific. Oh, I'd be pissed. Like be, 100%. That's not cool. It's not. But does that rise to the level of being fired? I don't know. And I guess it also needs to, and I didn't ask, I sh maybe I should have asked more questions if this particular principal has been under fire before. Yeah. Has he done something like this before? Was this out of the ordinary for what he would normally do? Right. There's more info I need here before I can make this kind of a decision. Well, we'll have to ask Christopher. But with this being case watch court, I can give the ruling douchebag. Douchebag. 100% douchebag. I don't care. There's no coming back from that. If I was that person who was at that school, I would never have the respect for that gentleman at all. He would lose every bit of that from me. Agreed. And actually, the listener who sent us this case watch, Christopher, came up with a new word for us. Do you know what it is? I don't, but I love when new case watch words come in. He called this man a douchephile. All right. Let me let that sink in. Love it. I like that. It's good. That is good. One we haven't heard before. I have not heard that. That is definitely creative. It's awesome. Christopher, you are creative. Yeah, he definitely is. All right, Christopher, thanks for bringing that to our attention. If you have any more info on that, let us know. Give us some more info to make a proper ruling. I'm going to put this one into recess until the next episode. Exactly. Charity, please tell me you got some triple D. I need to get a little bit brighter side here. I do indeed have some triple D. Excellent. Here's the first triple D that I have. Two men got into a serious argument. It escalated and became so heated that one of them eventually called the police. When the two had been calmed down, their identification was taken, and bingo! Both of them turned out to be on the police wanted list, a small but important fact they had forgotten during the dispute. Yeah, that's something I would not forget. Idiots. Dimwits. Oh, dimwits. Yeah, absolutely. And, well, I mean, I don't know what they did to be on the most wanted, so they could be douchebags also. 
Yeah, but in this case, is what's the only one that we're discussing? They're absolute dimwits. I'm going to have to go ahead and agree with you that. Come on, guys. You know you're wanted. (laughs) Oh, I love these people. This one's good, too. A police impersonator in Dumfries, VA, tried to pull over an off-duty officer. I love when this happens. So good. When the real cop informed the fake cop that he was a real cop, the fake cop ran away, but was quickly apprehended and hauled off to a very real prison. Oh, my God. I love these guys. What do you think he is? Oh, this is a douchebag. Yeah. This guy is total douchebag, 100%, because you know that he is impersonating a cop in public. What what is he doing in private? Ew, exactly. What does he do? What a, a dipshit. Maybe he impersonates a normal person. I think he tries to do that very well, but he doesn't succeed. I have a palate cleanser, as you like to say. My triple D palate cleanser? This Charity, is, take it away. The title of this one is The Pea Bandit Strike Again. <laughs> Guys, if you did not check out our last episode of Secrets, Lies, and Alibis, we discussed pee at length in that one. <laughs> Maybe this guy was just looking for a new career. I wonder if this is stale pee or fresh pee. I don't know. Why don't you go ahead and tell me the story and we'll try to decide. Okay. Crystal Evans, 26, and Dennis McClure, 24, were arrested for destruction of evidence when they tried to steal a urine sample that was on its way to a forensic lab. The pair knew that Evans' sample would test positive, sending her back to jail. So they attempted to grab the urine before it reached its destination. (laughs) I love these guys. The driver caught them and called the cops. Ironically, though, Mark, Evans' sample tested negative. But the sample she had to give after being arrested for the pee caper came up positive for meth. (laughs) What is wrong with these people? Dimlets. All I got to say, if these dumb criminals put as enough effort as they do in their dumb acts into actually being productive members of society. Right. It'd be great. But I need them to not stop being dumb criminals because this makes my life complete. Yeah. I love the triple D's. So good. Awesome. That was a good palate cleanser. Charity, what do you have for an episode for today? Mark, we're going to talk about an interesting situation that happened to a girl named Candace Newmaker. Okay. I do want to say this is a child and it's very sad. So if you're triggered by that, you might not want to listen to this episode. It's not gory at all. So it's not sad because of that. It's just sad. The situation that happened is very sad. Okay. But it needs to be put out there and it should be talked about. All right, guys, you heard the disclaimer. So Charity, take it away. Candace Elizabeth Newmaker was born November 19th, 1989 in Lincolnton, North Carolina. Her biological parents were Angela and Todd Elmore. Candace, along with her two younger siblings, were removed from their home by child services due to neglect. When she was only five years old, the parental rights of her birth parents were taken away. So already sad story. Okay. We haven't even gotten in at all. And it's very sad. Let's enter Jean Newmaker. Jean was a pediatric nurse practitioner living in Durham, North Carolina. She was a single woman that felt she had so much love to give. She decided adoption would fulfill her need. So she would adopt seven-year-old Candace just two years after she was taken away from her birth parents. So this woman sounds like a very loving woman, especially to adopt an older child, because unfortunately, you normally only see younger babies being adopted. And yeah, it's very sad, unfortunately. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but she thought that I have this love to give. I am absolutely going to give this to this child that needs love. She knew this was not going to be easy, though, because Candace came from a place of severe neglect. For months, Jean would try her best to bond with her new daughter, but it just wasn't working. She would start taking little Candace to a psychiatrist. Apparently, she was lashing out at home, so she was doing some things. Okay. Who knows, though, what this poor little girl had been through or what she'd seen. 
you know, at such a young formative age. And sometimes they say when children are that little and they're neglected that bad and bad things have happened, bad things have been seen, they push those memories down and they come out in their behavior. Oh, 100%. Understandable. Candace wasn't attaching to anyone or anything. It was said that she would play with matches and kill pet goldfish. Oh boy. Yeah. Candace would be in therapy for a few years, even being put on different types of medications to help her behavior, but nothing seemed to help. Jean reported that things were just getting worse. She would do anything to help her daughter. So she would start to research other forms of therapy. As a pediatric nurse practitioner, I'm sure she had resources that would help her take her next steps. So she's a well-educated woman. She's in the medical profession. She, I'm sure, could reach out to many different people, more so than we could, because she has connections that could help her daughter. And that's all she wanted to do. She just wanted her daughter to be happy and live a happy, healthy life. Jean would decide the next course of action would be to try attachment therapy. Have you heard of that, Mark? I have, yes. Okay. Here's what Wikipedia had to say. Attachment therapy, also called the evergreen model, holding time, rage reduction, compression therapy, rebirthing, corrective attachment therapy, and cohesive restraint therapy is a pseudoscientific child mental health intervention intended to treat attachment disorders. So it's meant to try to help exactly what seems like was going on with her. You know, not being able to attach to her new mother. Believe it or not, I actually... Found out about attachment therapy for the first time. It had to be, God, 10, 15 years ago on an episode of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. That's my favorite Law and Order. Yes, I do love that one. Um, I love all of them. Me too. Because you got to go with criminal intent too with Vincent D'Orfano. I can never pronounce his name, but I love him. He plays that character to a T. Yeah, he's good. Anyways, these treatments are primarily found in the United States, and much of it is centered in about a dozen clinics in Evergreen, Colorado, where Foster Klein, one of the founders, established his clinic in the 1970s. The practice has resulted in adverse outcomes for children, including at least six documented child fatalities. That's sad. That's really sad. Since the 1990s, there have been a number of prosecutions for deaths or serious maltreatment of children. Good. Yeah, I think so. Dr. Caroline Fenkel, co-founder and chief clinical officer of Charlie Health, has this to say. In attachment-based therapy, therapists work with people who need help rebuilding trust in relationships, especially because people with dysregulation of attachment tend to fall into difficult interpersonal relationships. She goes on to say, it really boils down to doing inner child work. And by that, I mean the therapist helps you get in touch with your inner child in a literal sense, the person you were when you were first wounded and traumatized or abandoned. From there, the therapist helps you to reparent that version of yourself with love and patience and compassion. I mean, when it's said like that, that makes sense. Yeah, but still, I don't know, man. You know, you don't have me sold on this yet. And there's many other ways to do this. Okay. You know, the verywellmind.com says it's almost like switching to a new narrator in your mind. One who is more loving of yourself and believes in you versus one that fosters fearful thoughts of others abandoning, hurting, or disappointing you. I mean, that makes sense too when you say it like that. Yeah, when you say it like that, it makes sense. I get that. But it sounds so simple. You know what I mean? And I, I really don't think it is. I agree with you. In April 2000, Jean would take her daughter to Evergreen, Colorado for a two-week intensive attachment therapy session with Connell Watkins, who, by the way, Watkins was an unlicensed psychotherapist, yet was the person to authorize the therapies used. Alrighty. So we're not starting out too well right off the bat. Not at all. This session would cost $7,000. Oh, this is just a money grab. Mm-hmm. These guys, yep. 
I get it. It was referred by a psychologist in North Carolina, obviously one that Jean, the mother, trusted. So she thought she was doing good for her new daughter. It was her attempt at getting her daughter mentally healthy. You know, I just, I don't know. As a parent, what do you do? You're going to do everything that somebody that you look at a position of authority recommends you to do. And I'm sure as a a nurse practitioner, she's probably read about this kind of stuff, you know, and a little bit. I guess the first week of treatment, Mark, was going very well. And Jean could even see some positive improvements in Candace. Since things seemed to be going so well, at about a week and a half in, Watkins decided that Kansas was ready for the rebirthing therapy. Oh, boy. These therapies were being done in Watkins' basement. Thought that was worth mentioning. Nothing says professional, like rebirthing somebody in your basement. Jesus. I mean, I think it was a finished basement, but still. Regardless. Weird. Right? Hey, regardless, <laughs> I don't want to be rebirthed in anybody's basement. <laughs> The rebirthing that was used for Candace's therapy was compression therapy. This usually consists of the patient being wrapped tightly in a sheet or blanket and items being placed on top of them to weight them down. Oh, it already sounds scary to me. Yep. Sometimes even the therapist will press firmly on the patient. This is supposed to simulate the birthing canal so that the patient may make their way out, reborn, quote unquote, into the arms of their loved ones. I don't know. I, this... I don't know. Yeah, because, you know, being wrapped in a sheet and weighted down is not traumatic in any way. For a child. This is nuts. Here's what happened during Candace's rebirthing. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This treatment would be videotaped so that Jean could watch from the other room. So this whole thing was videotaped. And luckily, you cannot find the video of it anywhere. They have a still of it. And that still is plenty, Mark. I agree with you. That's something that does not need to be seen. This video would later be used as evidence. Good. Mm -hmm. To start, Candace is told to lay on top of a sheet that was on the floor curled up in the fetal position. Watkins then pulled the sheet as tight as she could around Candace and tied the top and the bottom closed. So get a mental picture of this, oh, I, this I do. poor girl. She has like a knot at the top, a knot at the bottom. Probably feels so claustrophobic. Oh, I can't, absolutely. I am getting extreme anxiety thinking about it as an adult. 
Oh, I yeah. can't imagine a child. Watkins would then say, imagine yourself as a teeny little baby inside your mother's womb and what it felt like. It felt warm. It felt tight because her stomach was all around you. Sounds sweet, right, Mark? Yeah. Watkins would then ask Candace to try and get out all while three assistants would push against her little body with large pillows. Horrifying. I'm this horrified. This is crazy. Next, one of Watkins' assistants would say, come out head first. You have to push really hard with your feet. If you stay in there, you're going to die and your mommy's going to die. This was heard on the tape, guys. This is nuts. It's, I... d- it's horrible. Can you imagine the fear this little girl was feeling? Yeah, I absolutely can. Eight long minutes would go by and Candace would finally voice her fear. She would say, who's sitting on me? Then said, I can't do it. I can't do it. Candace then started to cry. You guys, this breaks my heart. This breaks my heart. Yeah, it does. This was about 10 minutes in when she started to cry. The little girl then said, whoever is pushing on my head, it's not helping. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't breathe. It's too dark under here. Please quit pushing on my head. I can't do it. Somebody's sitting on top of me. I want to throw up right now. Yeah, because I, I have a feeling where this is going. I it's literally, me nauseous. I literally feel sick to my stomach right now. And I already know this entire story. Ugh. Candace was frantic for about an hour, constantly letting everyone know that she couldn't breathe. This has gone on that long? A full hour. Wow. She even let them know that she feared she was going to die. Here is what one of the lovely assistants had to say to this fear. Go ahead and die right now. Nice, huh? Yeah. To a little girl. Yeah, hopefully that was uh, played in court at this lady's case. Candace just kept responding in a panicked voice saying, for real, for real. She was, she fought for her life. I feel so bad. So bad. All of this struggling went on for 70 minutes. Watkins and all three of her assistants would ignore Candace's cries for help as she slowly smothered to death. The little girl would even throw up and poop herself, Mark. This is horrible. Inside of this torture sheet. It's likely Candace was actually asphyxiated about 20 minutes before being unwrapped because there was no sound. She was making no sound for 20 minutes. They didn't stop. Wow. These guys are scumbags. Lifeless. No sound. The video ends after Jean sees her daughter's lifeless body and screams while Watkins attempts CPR. The CPR obviously didn't work and the damage was done and Candace was pronounced dead at a local hospital. This poor girl tried her hardest to let everyone in the room know she was in severe distress and they chose to ignore her. You guys are all douchebags. Every single one of you. Yep. Connell Watkins and one of her assistants, Julie Ponder, were convicted of child abuse in 2001 and sentenced to 16 years in jail. Watkins was also convicted of three other counts, including unlawfully practicing psychotherapy. The two other assistants involved were given 10 years probation for criminally negligent child abuse and sentenced to serve 1,000 hours of community service as a plea bargain. None of this is justice. All right. So when are you going to get to the uh, the murder? Right. Or manslaughter? Because it was an accident. No, this was not an accident. These were people who were pretending to be doctors. Yep. They were unlicensed, practicing in their basement. Yep. And they killed a little girl. Yep. Steve Jensen, the Jefferson County Deputy District Attorney, had this to say after the verdict. I hope this sends a clear message that children should not be treated that way in the name of psychology or psychotherapy. A clear message? You're in there for 16 years. You killed a little girl. Yeah, this is not a clear message sent. This is absolutely a joke, in my opinion. This should be life. This really should be. How can you not tell the difference between a real cry of fear and someone just not wanting to do the process? All right, guys, uh, we haven't heard a sound or anybody move for 20 minutes. So let's just, you know, let's keep on going with what we're doing. That really got me. 
that there was no sound for 20 minutes and they just kept going. Mary Davis was Candace's biological grandmother. She cried in court after the verdict was read. She was not impressed by the two women's show of tears once they heard the guilty verdict as she had this to say. They cried for themselves, but not for Candace. Yeah, one of them even said in that video, you know, well, go ahead and do it then. Die. Go ahead. I think that's the other. I The one that actually has jail time along with the fake psychotherapist, I think she must be the one who said it. That's so pathetic. Horrible. Due to Candace's untimely, senseless death, a law was put into place in Colorado and North Carolina that prohibited dangerous birth reenactments. And similar laws were put into place in other states as well. At least some good came out of this tragedy. Yeah, it's sickening though. Here is the statement Walken said in court. I feel sorrow, regret, and remorse that torments me every waking hour. I failed Candace and I failed her mother. I accept full responsibility. I'm ready to accept what you require from me. Well, guess what? You should have thought of the torment Candace was going through as you facilitated her asphyxiation as she begged for her life. I can't imagine her suffering. Like, that's your statement, dude? Yeah, this lady deserves to never see the light of day again. She's a douche rocket. I like that one. Yeah. I'd like to light the douche rocket and yes. put the douche on top of it and send her out of here. That's what I mean. I'd like to see her flying on off. Listen to this is going to really upset you. Oh boy. Connell Watkins was released from prison on June 6, 2008. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Allison Morgan, a Colorado Department of Corrections spokeswoman had to say she was accepted into a transitional community setting. She was 62 at the time. Still so much life to live. Lucky lady, huh, Mark? Yeah, that's sickening that she has life to live and she took the life of somebody else. They had a whole life ahead of her. Yep. These are the kind of cases that just really, really make me mad. Me too. I tried to find information about when Julie Ponder was released, but all I could find was that she was up for parole in 2009. So I assume if she was a good inmate, she probably got released also. Yeah, that's pathetic. I just don't understand it's such a light. I'm still shocked every time I read these things about these people who do things like this that get such small sentences. I have said this from day one since we started this, that the justice system needs an overhaul in how we sentence people. It's just, it's pathetic. You can get more time for not feeding a dog than you can for killing a child. I know. How is that even a thing? I don't And I'm not know. saying that I think anybody should hurt an animal. That's a- not what I'm saying. Absolutely not. Unbelievable to me, Charity. It, Another good case. I know. This, again, sad, very sad. I mean, they're all sad, don't get me wrong. But when it involves children, it's even sadder because children have so much innocence in them. Yeah. Well, she probably thought that they were trying to help her. Mm-hmm. And she was a fighter. That's what you can say about her. She died fighting. It all makes me sick. All right, guys. Uh, I just want to say, we have been pushing for more and more voicemails. So I'm going to do something myself here. The text and voicemail line is 603-212-4600. Out of the next people that comment on this case on a voicemail, I will pick somebody and send you a sticker. <gasps> An autographed case watch sticker. Again, Mark, you're so giving. I love to give stuff away. I know. I have a pile of stickers that we have that we sell and I like to give them away as well. So quite a few people have been posting them up online too. See, Charity's not a part of the case watch crime creep group that we have. So she doesn't get to see all this cool stuff where we actually had one of our creeps post their stickers in their uh, cubicle at work and it made my day. You'll have to show me. I'm still, guys, I'm, I don't, I've said this before. I'm the most non-technical person you have ever met. Yeah, she doesn't have Facebook, so she doesn't get a part of the uh, crime creep group. Yeah. 
So if you haven't joined the group, make sure you do. All you got to do is search Case Watch Crime Creeps on Facebook. It's a group. Send an invitation and you'll get welcomed into the group as well. Mark, I kind of want to be welcomed into the group. Is there another way? I want to be part of the group. I am part of the group. But you I'm are part-, part of the group, but you need to have a Facebook page to be in this private group. That is our safe space charity. All right. All right, guys. That about does it for us today. Have a good one. Bye, guys. See ya. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.